I'm Julian Brandt and you're listening to Scouted Chance. Hello everyone and welcome back to Scouted Says. This is episode two. I'm your host, Chet Grimsey, alongside your co-host, Connor Garrett. How's it going, Connor? Bonsoir. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, a lot of a lot of exciting football last weekend. A lot of stuff we talked about. A lot of I mean all those guys were in action. And obviously we're gonna talk about some new stuff today, some things we couldn't cover. It was just episode one. So we're glad to have everyone back. Hope you enjoyed the episode and got a, a special guest today scout of football founder tom curran will be joining us at the end of the episode talk a little bit about the history of scouted and he is an arsenal fan so we'll have some more arsenal talk for you guys because you know there's a lot of those out there first order of business the scouted football twitter account was taken down we have to mention that it was for tweeting things that a lot of other people do tweeting a video of a goal or or something like that but we're back at Scouted FTBL, so if you're not following there, make sure to go do that. I don't know how you would have even found the podcast if, if you're not following us on the new account. Everyone follows the new account, you know? And yeah, working on the, the Instagram as well, so if you want to follow us there, that's cool. But first order of business, back to looking at some youngsters that are killing it. And I wanted to start off with Marco Asensio. He was in the first handbook last year. Miran Saric wrote about him and... He's at Real Madrid now. Real actually bought him in the summer of 2015 and loaned him to Espanyol, but now he's he's playing on the big time six goals and one assist in 10 games for Real. So good numbers for a 20-year-old, Connor. Yes, yeah, uh, like from what I've seen of him, very impressive. And uh, yeah, I mean, really my knowledge of him mostly comes from the handbook as well. So it's like a, a nice little scouting moment there, being informed by the website and uh yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, pushes on. I mean, I guess as Real start playing these big games in the Champions League, I mean, you'd assume they'd get through to the next stage, uh, like into the knockouts. And once they're playing like these big teams, it'll be really uh, interesting to see how he's doing in games like that. Definitely a really, really um, exciting prospect. Yeah, like you're saying, when the season builds up to to some of those bigger games and in the Champions League, Real's a hard, it's hard to crack the first team, much less the bench there. So he's already played 10 times, but once these fixtures build up, maybe he'll get some more playing time in the league, or if Zinedine Zidane trusts him, maybe he'll he'll feature in a, a big knockout stage clash. And Real today, they're going to be taking on Legia Warsaw in the Champions League today, Wednesday. I think the pod will come out tomorrow, but that will be interesting to see if, if he gets a chance to go again there. And, you know, it's players like Ronaldo... And Bale and James Rodriguez and Modric and you know there's that midfield is packed. There's everyone. Everyone's there. How do you break into a team like that, Connor? Well, with uh, a lot of talent and a lot of hard work, uh, maybe using an injury or two to your advantage, um, or a drop in form or something like that. Like if if Zidane sort of sees him training well, like there's no reason he won't come in at some point because like Ronaldo, Bale. Hammers, they can't play all like every game, um, and yeah, I think being able to play more than one position will probably really benefit him in that sense. Um, like he'll definitely be able to get more minutes than uh, he would if it was like yeah, you can only play in one position. So yeah, I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing him uh, yeah crack the team um, eventually. Um, maybe it won't happen this season, but no, I mean that's not an indictment on him at twenty. Like. You're not really necessarily expecting that. So, yeah, whether he uh, becomes a key part of the team now, or if he goes on loan again, uh, or like even does like the like the Carver Howe thing of going away and then being brought back after a good season, 
I think that the future definitely looks bright for him. And like, you don't get into the Spanish national team without like not being a bright prospect at his age. So exactly, yeah, he's he's twenty and he has two two senior caps for Spain. Um, he was born in in Palma and was playing with Mallorca. Real bought him like I, I mentioned two two summers ago. Or no, just last summer in August 2015, loaned him to Espanyol last season, and now he's back. But already 600 minutes for for Real across the Liga, Champions League, um, UEFA Super Cup, and Copa del Rey. So clearly, he has made a pretty a pretty positive impact on Zidane. Yeah, you know, as a, as a left footer, I think it's okay that he hasn't played on the right so far this season, but he could play there. You know, just as an inverted winger, like what. Bale's doing and as you said with the injury if if he gets a chance with an extended run in the first team obviously he has to he has to make the most of it yeah I was kind of kind of thinking he could be a little bit similar to not in playing style or anything but like Mama Daoud who you wrote about last year and he was just what he was just 20 as well I think um I think he may even have been 19 when he like uh first broke into the team his birthday is like New Year's Day oh yeah so yeah he was when he first broke into the team, he was like 19. I, I would say like th- that bit of the season as well was his best bit. Like he sort of, you could see like the amount of games in his legs, and he sort of dropped off. Um, so yeah, I think like being a player that can be brought on to make an impact could actually do Asensio some good in the sense that Dahoud hasn't looked as good in the sort of recent months, probably because well, I mean this season he's not really played a great deal, but last season like towards the end you could sort of tap. Like tell that he was like fatigued quite a lot because if you're getting a 19 year old, 20 year old to play twice a week, then uh, you're going to expect um, a a little bit of a drop off in performance. And that was like one of my main criticisms of uh, Andrew Schubert, who I criticise a lot. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's that's it's certainly something that can happen, and the young players just kind of have to be bred and eased into these teams. Um, so staying with La Liga, we're going to look at Samuel Umtiti, who is also in the handbook number one, and that he that was at Olympique Lyon, and now he is at Barcelona. Big transfer for him this summer, and he's been seeing a lot of playing time because basically what could be Barcelona's first or almost 1A first choice back four, Jared Piquet, Jeremy Mathieu, Jordi Alba, and Elish Fidel are all out injured, so Umtiti's getting some time. And as just 22, I think, you know, that's quite young for a centre-back. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, in that position, you're going to generally get better with age. But, like, he's got the mind um, of a player who's much older. And, like, his like, the physical size of his game, the technique uh, of his game, all very, very good. So it almost doesn't matter that he's uh, so young, um, like, because he can do the business. I mean, like, if you look at, like, someone like Matthew, who is just useless... Um, most of the time, uh, at least in comparison, I would almost say that, like from that list that you said, like he could even be considered a starter when a lot of these players are fit. Like Matthew, definitely, and uh, Alish Fadal as well. Um, not the biggest fan, and um, so yeah, I think it's good that he's uh, sort of yeah getting all of this time um, playing for such a big club um, and generally playing reasonably well. I mean, yesterday uh, a little bit different, but. Yeah, tricky, tricky tie for Barcelona yesterday, losing 3-1 to Manchester City. Uh, Ilkay Gundogan with two goals for City. Yeah, I almost said Dortmund because Pep bought him from, from Dortmund. But yeah, like with, with those injuries in, in Barcelona's back forum, Tiddy mostly can play centre-back. I guess they could 
pigeonhole in the two left back. He is left footed, but like you said, he has the physical tools, and that's the thing with Barcelona. If you're good enough, you're old enough. Oh yeah, definitely. And like they wouldn't have bought him if they didn't think that he was ready to make the level. And it's not quite the same. Yeah, right away, right away. It's not quite the same as someone like Stegen as well, who obviously like they knew how good he was, but maybe wanted to have someone to, to sort of bridge the gap in Spanish football. And then as a goalkeeper, you only have one. You can only have one player that can play at a time. Whereas with a centre back, um, like he he was always going to get game time, wasn't he? So it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a reason he went to Barcelona. There's a reason he's uh, become quite a, a big player for France already. Um, and it's going to be exciting to see him develop, which, you know, you'd imagine he will at Barcelona. It's only going to make him a better player. So, Yeah, and the, France and the, at the national level had some, some injuries to centre-back. We saw Amérique Laporte, he missed uh, the Euros. That was a big, a big loss for them. And it was to Umtiti's gain. He played 300 minutes at Euro 2016 for France this summer. I think we can move on to the National League of France, Ligue 1. And it's been a crazy year over there. We, we saw Zlatan leaves PSG this summer. And, of course, some people thought, well, that's, that's the end for PSG. And I think it's been a little more dramatic or rapid than, than anyone could have expected Paris they're down in third level with Monaco on twenty three points. They've scored a couple goals. Fewer. They're all they're all chasing Nice. OGC Nice. Yeah, I mean it's really good to see uh, Nice doing really well. I mean obviously you've got like Balotelli there, who is a absolutely an interesting character, um, and then obviously probably my favorite manager in the game at the moment, Lucien Favre, is there, and it's really no surprise that he's doing so well with them. I think they came fourth last year. Um, and yeah, they're just going from strength to strength under arguably a better manager um, than I think it was Claude Puel last season. Um, and yeah, like you can see just how brilliant he is. And like obviously the the start of last season with him at Gladbach wasn't great, um, but yeah, you can definitely chalk that out as anomaly now. Like they are they are a brilliant team. Yeah, and I think Gladbach maybe having a little bit of seller's remorse for for dumping him it it was a terrible start to the season for them what they didn't win any of their first six um well five like in yeah because it's five they won the in, in the cups there's like five league games lost on the spin at the start of the season similar to what Schalke have done this year and he to be fair like he did walk out himself um like he his re- resignation was declined by Max Abel the sporting director and he basically just went to the press and resigned which you can say well that's not really a great way to go about doing it, but at the same time, like you look at yeah, what even doing now, and it's no winning. <laughs> yeah, even if I mean the club, obviously, some people they're probably wanted him out tough situation, but he moved on. And you mentioned Balotelli; they also have uh, Alessandro Play or Plea. I'm not, sh- I'm not exactly sure about that, but Phil Costa, who was our guest last week, is going to be writing about him in Handbook Number Two coming out this January because yeah like I mean Balotelli's been getting a lot of headlines because I think because of Twitter of Jamie Carragher saying I hope he can go win the Ballon d'Or there and he does have six goals in five games but he he got injured I think I'm not sure I think he's coming back you know I think he's back but Plea had the hat trick the other week and he has seven goals in 11 games so it's not just Balotelli and they've really like you've said, they've really built on that success despite just hiring Favre this summer. It's the perfect appointment to bring a club on. If you look at like 
what he did with Gladbach, what he did with Hertha beforehand. He's taken middling sides. Um, I mean, like Gladbach were pretty much down and like dead and down when he came to them in 2011, and then like saved them at the last minute in the relegation playoff. Finished fourth the next. Yeah, because they had, they had just been relegated like pretty pretty previous years, like right around then, and yeah, it's like they were kind of yo-yoing. Like four years ago, I think they'd been newly promoted uh, from the second tier and sort of been towards the bottom of the table. Literally saved them at the last minute. They like and the football that they were playing in that sort of from February to March to May. Sorry, was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and then. Um, the next season kicked on to fourth, and obviously that was done with players like um, Marco Royce, um, Patrick Herman, and so on. Um, and I think the speed, one... speedy counter attack that was his style. Yeah, and he's one of these play- one of these managers that is very, very precise on how he wants things to be done. So, like, quite often Gladbach would win like three 0 playing what to our eyes was brilliant, and he would be actually quite up, like quite annoyed and still coach it. And you could see like on the pitch how that made the team so much more precise and like things were just going right generally and this that's why it's such a shock that he uh, started the season last season so badly and it's really good to see him sort of beefing up his reputation again because he uh, for my money is up there with the uh, the Tuchels the Klops the Guardiolas the uh, the Mourinho's if he's still counted as uh, one of the best managers <laughs> yeah like he absolutely could be at like an absolutely huge club um but you know, maybe he's going to be the the guy to make Nice this uh, the take them on to the next level. Which uh, I mean, if like PSG continue to be a little bit below par in comparison to recent years, absolutely could be the year that someone like Nice wins the league. Certainly, and I if if PSG were going to fall, I was thinking maybe Olymp- Olympique Lyon could come back and claim the title they obviously haven't won in a couple of years but they have some good youngsters like Alexandre Lacazette and Nebel Fekir that we've written about it scouted before but they're all the way down in eighth so doesn't look like they're going to compete for the title this year let's move on to the Bundesliga very quickly before we bring Tom on and we talked about it last week but Rebel Leipzig they are still undefeated and Hoffenheim as well Leipzig on 21 points Hoffenheim 19 uh, Bayern, of course, still undefeated, leading the league with 23 after nine match days. So, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to go into big discussion about Red Bull Leipzig again or Energy Drink FC, whatever you, you <laughs> like to call them, but it, I think it's worth noting. I mean, it's really not that surprising that they're doing so well. I mean, 21 points unbeaten is an achievement. You have to sit, take your hat off to Ralph Rangnick and Ralph Hasenhutl, the two Ralphs that are... Uh powering yeah the, the the boost but like they spent so much money and they have so much talent in that squad anyway that it's being made out of some sort of fairy tale like oh look at this club who've come from the fifth division and uh, at the top um but the, the i think that it's within the structure of the club to be like looking at success and it's really no surprise for me i mean having watched them a few times last year and then seeing the prep players that they've brought in to see them at the right end of the table and like it was really confusing at the start of the season. There were quite a lot of people who didn't see them as European contenders. And it's like, well, in what world? Like, what newly promoted team has had, like, these sort of resources? Like, maybe Juve, when they went down to Serie B and came back up. Like, it's something that's completely different to German football. Um, so, like, taking looking at it dispassionately, 
they're doing a really really good job uh, like they're playing really interesting football like the players that they brought in really really suit the system you cannot fault what Rangnick and Hasenhutl are doing at the moment um, but it's not a surprise like come on look, look at the players that they have um, it, in, it, the structures of the club are geared towards doing this and I mean maybe the main surprise is the fact that it's now what eight or nine matches into the uh, the season and they're still unbeaten um, but yeah I mean yeah, I think Hoffenheim a little more surprising because just because they don't, they are a, I guess, plastic club, but they don't, they didn't spend like Leipzig, like Leipzig did. And, you know, with, they bought Karim Demmerbay from Hamburg for 1.7 million and he came up with an assist, a, a great ball to Nicolas Sula, who's actually going to be in handbook number two. So, um, yeah, you know, they're, they're stepping it up as well, but can't catch Bayern. And someone we talked about last week in the in the Bundesliga again, Levin Ostinali, your boy at Mainz, he scored. So or it wasn't last week, two weeks ago. I mean, so. the ball literally hit his foot. <laughs> like he didn't, he didn't. It was it was a bad touch. I was I was on talking football with Matt Herman uh, the other day, and we were saying how maybe if he had controlled it correctly or as he intended, the defender maybe would would have got it away. But they still won two 0 Yeah, there's a there's a. I mean, it was. I think it was literally his first touch. He did basically nothing all game because he came on in like the 86th minute, scored, didn't really do anything else. Yeah. So, yeah, good to see him on the score sheet. Really like him. Um, and I guess he'll probably be featuring on Thursday against Anderlecht. So, look forward to that. Yeah, something something else to watch for. And, yeah, I don't know. I think everyone probably saw my tweet of Felix Paslak juggling his gum. I want to mention that he's going to be in the handbook too for his football skills, not for his gum juggling and um, his hygiene reasons, I guess. <laughs> Which a lot of people thought that was really nasty, but I don't know. I, if I could juggle my gum like that, I would do it. Yeah, I mean, I would start chewing gum if I could. Uh, if I had that sort of technique. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I I feel like there was actually no reason to bring that up. You just wanted to uh, prove that you've uh, gone viral. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah i think i mean it was my best i had a vine that had more retweets but my vine's been banned for a while I'm familiar with and what's vine that so r.i.p vine it was of a, a villa go it was carlos heel actually who was in scouted handbook one he had a, a stunning curler from outside the box but that was it was taken down so still got this video you've probably retweeted it if you're if you're listening so thank you for that <laughs> and um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've, and another, uh, I don't know, we'll probably talk about it with Stephen a lot on the next episode, Stephen Genovis, who's doing all the these videos from Scout, which are great footage of actual game action, so there's a reason those have been going viral, because they're actually good. And, yeah, so, before we bring in Tom, just, just want to mention, we did, we did talk a little bit about Monaco, but Stephen, you should go read his piece that's on the site for at scattered or sfhandbook.com so now it is time for the second segment of the show we are going to bring in tom curran the founder of scouted football how's it going tom hey man it's good to be here very excited yeah great to have you on the show and just wanted to to talk a little bit about the history of scouted because maybe a lot of people a lot of our newer audience don't know how it got started hmm well, I won't blame them because we've uh, the last six months to a year has really been when 
you know, we've we've exploded, uh, but things were way slower to begin with. Um, so we start. We began in 2014, which you know seems kind of crazy now. But um, I, I thought of the idea on a train, which is you know J.K. Rowling, very romantic. <laughs> I'd clearly be more successful than she was, and I just wanted to make a platform for young writers to talk about young players essentially um and it's kind of grown from there yeah, it's kind of kind of unique you know a lot of places do cover young players but it's not always people around our age around the age of the players i guess no, no exactly and i always thought of it as um you know when you go into the uh, the transfer thing on fifa and you always go to like age set the age parameters to like under 23 i wanted to have that but like in a football website essentially because I knew, I knew that would work um and and like you said these like i'm i started it when i was 18 um and i was literally writing about kids that were my age and uh we have you know writers from the ages of 16 to 25 and that's you know it's so cool to be uh to have our our careers <laughs> follow the paths of not <laughs> yeah, I'm about, to, I'm about to age out. I'll be 25 in February. No, well, I'm not interested in you anymore, bro. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll get rid of you then. But yeah, I remember. I remember it was you had just kind of got the site going, and I I'd been following on Twitter, I think, for a little bit, and I was in. Germany last May. Mm. Well, also, I mean, I was also doing stuff for Florida Cup last January with with Leverkusen and did an interview with their their CEO. But then in May, got to go to uh, Stuttgart and check out their academy. So give, got a little bit of an inside look. Yeah, that was, was um, it, that was a really fun thing to do because you know we hear about the players, but obviously a lot of a lot of the behind the scenes goes into that development. No, that was that was a big. Um... You probably didn't realize it at the time, but for us, for me and Alex, who I was running the site with at the time, that was actually a big catch because, you know, we'd done um, essentially backseat journalism. It was, you know, all from inside our bedrooms, essentially. Yeah, yeah. The, what then, people uh, say is, oh, you're just, you're writing something from the basement. Right, like, exactly. you know. and, then, and then you came along and you were like, no, I can get, you know, something from the actual players. And that was, um, that was a big thing for us, so. Yeah, but you weren't. Uh, that's that's an interesting point actually, because um, when I started the website initially, I had this list. I've still got the list actually from two years ago um, of writers that I'd admired and befriended on Twitter who I wanted to get involved. And um, the, the group now of um, the people who are involved with the website is so totally different from um, the the that list that I. That I wrote two years ago it's just so cool to see how many people we've we've got bored recently or connor your fairly recent addition yeah. um i was i thought you were going to say that you uh you didn't respect us but thank you for no for no, it around. no <laughs> yeah you, you guys were you guys were actually second choice um yeah so you're like yeah um it's kind of gone downhill to be honest but um <laughs> yeah actually i think the only guy <laughs> i hope he doesn't listen to this but the only guy remaining from that list is uh lou davis and i'm gonna call him lou because i know that annoys him um but he's got a weird welsh name that i can't say so yeah that'll go to his ego yeah and i mean obviously writing that that was i wasn't writing for a ton of sites at the time so it's good for me but it's it's good that 
you've we've been able to branch out and i mean obviously you've you've been away for a little bit so steven kind of mm. kind of took over i should yeah I, I probably can't mention uh can't talk about the history of the side without mentioning steven yeah he he pro- i remember, still remember when he approached me and asked to um uh asked to write for us and uh take took a look at his stuff and um thought yeah this kid's pretty good and then you know gave it six months and he'd usurped me as the leader of the website um, <laughs> he's just no we have we have a lot of jokes with steve but he's um if you listen to this and you somehow don't follow him go and check him out because he's a very talented guy and super hardworking and uh very australian yeah which is always a good thing yeah at at maratonomics that's if, one yeah if you're not i'm sure you are but um and he's he's gonna be on episode three but so now, now you're back, Tom. Or oh, sorry, I'm just saying, hold on to your seats for that, guys. It's gonna be lit. <laughs> if anyone can understand him, it will be great. But... <laughs> I mean, at least at least he's not Scottish, I guess. Sometimes it's like, do I even speak English? I wonder that to myself. But <laughs> um, so yeah, now now you're back. The entire Scottish demographic just switched off. Yeah, no, we we talk about Oliver Burke already, so that's okay. We've <laughs> yeah. got him, got him locked down. I mean, I I love Scottish people. It's it's really it's like the Top Gear episode where the guy tells Clarkson, "I'll give you one pound for one person of your company," and he's like, "I can't understand a word you're saying." That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, my relationship with Stephen, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> and yes, yeah, so you you're you got to be back. Obviously, writing a couple profiles for Handbook Number yeah, Two, literally, and literally two. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think I think me as well. I think I, I I don't know. I must have been away when they did signups because everyone was like signed up for all these players, and I was like, can can I do this guy, this guy? And Steven's like, no, we can't have too many. And I was like, all right, I'll I'll, I'll save them for handbook yeah, three he, in the next year or something. He really cracks a whip, eh? Well, if you want to read something that I've written, um, I wrote about a fifth of the last one, so go and check that out. It's still free. <laughs> Little plug. Yeah, and and you're doing you do some graphics as well, getting doing the. Stuff for Instagram. Yeah, doing, I'm just doing a few tweets, and obviously the website is my um, entirely my creation. So, yeah, that's where to look for my work. Um, I would say follow my personal account, but it's complete rubbish. I don't do that. <laughs> if you want to, it's it's at Tom O T O M O C U R R. Yeah, exactly. Tom Curran. So, um, yeah, I think I think we can talk about Arsenal because that's that's your <laughs> club, and that's a. A big, a big interest to a lot of scouted football followers. Sure. So, what, what do you have to say? Mesut Ozil, amazing. Yeah, that's Mesut Ozil. Uh, that's it. We can go in. Done. What went through your mind during that goal yesterday in the Champions League Tuesday, I guess, November 1st? Honestly, um, one of the reasons I stepped away from scouted for a little bit was because uh, my interest in football had taken a, a hit. And... Um, Honestly, last night, like, it was that I haven't felt like that watching a football game in so long. And uh, so thank you, Meza. You put, you, I know he's listening to this. <laughs> you put tears in my eyes, all right? It was <laughs> seriously incredible. And uh, I haven't, I need to actually go and start watching it again. So it's been about 15 minutes since I last saw that goal. So um, my hands are starting to shake. I'm trying to get withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> withdrawal. Yeah. Oh my, it was so good. It was so good. No, it was pretty disgusting. Of course, we couldn't tweet it on the scouted account because we don't want to get because he's German down again. They get they kill us. Yeah, yeah. So we had, obviously Phil was on last week talking about Alex Awobi, and he just wrote something today about Nigeria. Yeah, 
and so that's that's fun to have on the site and i just want to say thanks for you know you got the new setup and it's it's looking really good and the the podcast tab is there and you guys can find us on itunes now as well as soundcloud yeah and that will be um like you said the, the site is the place to be for all the uh, podcast links and whatnot they'll all be up there soon so all right well i want to thank you for joining us tom that's at tom O'Kerr and my co-host Connor Garrett at Connor Garrett. And of course I am Jack Grimsey at Jack Grimsey. So remember you can follow us there. Talk to us. We love to interact with you on Twitter and love to hear your thoughts about some young players in the game. Or if you, if you think there's something that you'd like to hear us write about or like to like to read for, for us to write about, do that. And yeah, so that was episode two of scouted says, thank you for joining us. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.